Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, this morning, wow, I feel like we've had church already. I think I just wanted to at one time just give um, Jennifer my notes and say, okay, just finish it up here. Because isn't that how good God is? He just brings the entire service together. Worship, speaking prophecy from the platform, and the word. So we just thank God for that today. So let me start with this. When things are going good, when things are going bad, when we know where we want to go, or all we know is that we really need a break, there's an American activity from our youth that always seemed, at least in the beginning, to be the cure. The answer is, say it with me. Road trip. How many of you remember road trips when you were younger? Or maybe, recently even, maybe. Who knows, okay? So this week, I put this question out. Thank you to our social ministry team um, on Facebook. What's your favorite road trip movie? Just going to go through a couple of these. Um, are we there yet? That was CJ and Tatiana. Paul McDaniel. Hey, buddy, I hope you're watching, or if you watch the first service, Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, Brooklyn, college road trip. And here's one that I thought about, and Alexis thought about too, that isn't a normal road trip movie, Stand By Me. That is exactly a road trip movie. It's a great movie. So today, we're going to look at Jesus' last road trip. Before we do, I want to give you my top 10 road trip list and see if any of them match yours. So Johnson Family Vacation, got to be on the I-10 by 10. Midnight Run, Stand By Me. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, that's such a feel-good road trip movie. Smokey and the Bandit, come on, the Trans Am. How many guys wanted a Trans Am back then? Yeah, I still want one, okay? Um, here's one that maybe you don't think of as a road trip movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Or Zombieland, another one you may not look at as a road trip movie. Um, Tommy Boy, great road trip movie. Blues Brothers, and my favorite, and I think probably one of the top ones ever, is The Vacation. Come on, the family truckster to Wally World, right? Dumb and Dumber, though. We can't leave out Dumb and Dumber. Didn't make my list, but it made a lot of your lists. Uh, one more for you, just to go home and look up, if you've never heard of this one, Over the Top, Sylvester Stallone, great road trip movie. But today, we're here to talk about Jesus and the last road trip that he went before he went to the cross. As I've looked in the book of Mark over these past few weeks, I counted up 22 different road trips that Jesus made with his disciples. During this road trip, Mark records 18 specific miracles. Nine of them were at a destination and nine of them were actually on the road trip. So if you just like Bible research, maybe go through this la uh, the book of Mark and see how my numbers match up with yours. See if I missed something, email me and let me know. Our road trips usually have a destination, but oftentimes they're more about the chance encounters that we meet and make along the way. A bunch of years ago, Brenda and I were road tripping back to Jersey to see family, and on the way back home, we stopped, we were on I-95, and on the way back home, we stopped at a convenience store. So I'm in there getting a soda, and I look over, and there's this guy. He's in jeans, leather coat, long hair, and he's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and I just look up at him like, whoa, are you Joey Ramone? He just looks down at me, he's like, yeah, brother. 
Gives me his autograph. I mean, Joey Ramone, for those of you that don't know, he was the lead singer and founder of the group The Ramones, which Rolling Stone said was one of the 26 best acts ever. Spin Magazine actually had him second behind the Beatles. So it was just awesome. I mean, who would have think, thought that you would meet, you know, Joey Ramone buying a soda next to you? But isn't that kind of the way that Jesus is? People all along the way got to have this chance encounter with Jesus that changed their lives. Today, we are going to look at not a chance encounter, but a purposeful encounter with Jesus, just as some of you just had a purposeful encounter with Jesus. Two men would meet, one would never be the same again. And I want you to keep this in your mind. Jesus would never physically on earth pass that way again. That was it. He was on his way to the cross. So, Instead of really preaching or teaching because, you know, we have the greatest Bible teacher ever, right? Pastor Terry, come on. He's, he's just, you know. I just want to tell you a Bible story today, all right? My dad was a great storyteller. He used to tell me Bible stories all the time. I just want to tell you a Bible story. So Passover is four days away. Oh, we're actually going to be in Mark 10, 46 through 52. Sorry, should have told you that earlier. Passover is four days away. Yesterday in our story was the Sabbath. Jewish Sabbath was on a Saturday. So today is Sunday, and it is the first travel day for those that are traveling to Jerusalem. Again, the next Passover will be four days away. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, has taken this road before. Okay, he knows the road very well. He knows the best spots to make money. He's got his technique of begging down to a science. Not too pushy, not too light. He doesn't want to make people mad, but he wants to be heard. But see, this year, it's going to be different for Bartimaeus. This year, he's heard of Jesus. He's heard that Jesus is the miracle worker, that large crowds follow him. He's heard that he is the Messiah. So in his mind, Bartimaeus makes a choice. He has options that he wants to do. The first choice is this. I can get to Jesus and change my life. Maybe get my miracle. Maybe get my sight. Or I can be the same. I can spread my cloak and just beg just to get enough to get through the day, the week, the month. See, some of you might be sitting here like that right now and thinking, Tim, that's all the strength I got just to get through the next day, just to get through maybe the next week. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I have so much crashing down on me. Let's look to see how Bartimaeus handled this today. We have one point for you today that's going to help you move your life from constantly fighting against the wind, getting nowhere, to a life full of purpose, direction, and joy. And that one point today is this. Focus on the problem solver, not the problem. Let's say that together. Focus on the problem solver, not the problem. Mark 10.46 tells us this. They came to Jericho, and as Jesus was leaving with his disciples, a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, of Tim son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. So he was purposeful. He was in a position where he hoped to find his miracle. Now, as we look at Bartimaeus' life, we can't fault him for being content with, our circum with his circumstances. In his mind, it's been a long time since he was actually Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. No, he's become content with being blind Bartimaeus the beggar. He punches no clock. He answers to no man. His life as a beggar, it's not ideal, but it's familiar and comfortable. It has become to define who he is. He has let the issues, the circumstances in his life define who he is. 
See, no one planned for his financial future. No, he was on his own. I bet sometimes he wondered how his life would have turned out if someone had planned for his financial future. Here at the Father's house, we always want to help you take a next step. One next step that we have for you next week is a financial planning seminar that will help you better plan for your financial future or that of your loved ones and for the church also. So if you want to get out your phone, we're going to go to the Father's House website. We're going to be there for a couple different things. I just want to help you out here. So this financial planning seminar is going to be given by one of our board of directors who owns his own financial planning company. His name is Andrew Vassos. And we're going to have light refreshments, solid biblical and financial information. And because you'll be there, great community. So if you go to our homepage on thefathershouse.com and you scroll down, you scroll down. We have all kinds of things going on. So maybe when you get home, you take your time and look at all of the great things we have going on. And you come down to the financial planning. If you click on that, there's a link for you to register. Or you can text the word money to 352-329-2301. And you can also register for this great financial planning seminar. So back to our story. Bartimaeus is on his own. He's alone. But he's got a brand new plan. See, he's thought about it. He's prayed about it. And maybe he's even fasted just as we're going to be doing beginning tomorrow for three days is our quarterly corporate fast. And again, if you're still on our website, you can scroll back up, keep going back up, back up, till you come to Fast, Pray, Night of Worship. When you click on that, you'll see how we're going to do that. We're going to fast together. I'm going to be fasting for you and then for some personal things. I hope that you will join me and fast for some things in my life and for those of our community around. At 6 a.m. each day, Pastor Terry will lead us in a directed prayer on our TFH, our TFH Facebook page. Also, you can click on where it says Pray First app, and it is a great app with directed prayers to help you. If you need more information about fasting or what's going on, you can put that on your Next Steps card, and our Next Steps director, Tanya, will be glad to get back with you. Then, I don't know, maybe... I don't know, I guess I can say to me it's the most exciting part is when we break our fast, we come together with a night of worship. This Wednesday is our first Wednesday, 7 p.m. We will corporately break our fast with communion, with prayer, with praise and worship and a testimony that you do not want to miss. So Father's House, let's join together in that. So let me tell you a little bit more about Bartimaeus. See, he knows this one spot in the road. He's used it before. It's a spot where the road narrows just a little bit. He's used it to, as crowd bunches up to get more money. But this year, he is going to use it to find the problem solver. This is who he wants to get with. He wants to get with the problem solver. Now, who is the problem solver? You know him. Say his name with me. Jesus. Okay, guys, it's not your single party buddies, all right? When you're having relationship problems, you're not supposed to hit the bar, have a few beers with your buddies who are single out partying every night. They're not going to give you good advice. Ladies, it's not your jaded girlfriends, all right? They're not the ones to go to either. And for all of us, stay off of Google. Google doesn't have the answer to every spiritual problem that's going on in your life. Jesus and the Word of God has the Bible. 
has, has the answer for what's going on in your life. So how do we focus on Jesus? Because I know sometimes my life's problems get the best of me and it's hard for me to focus on Jesus. Well, I'm glad you asked that today. The first way we focus on Jesus is we have to move out of my comfort zone. All right, so we have to move away from those things that are comfortable. Mark 10, 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, this is blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. See, it's significant. Bartimaeus begins not to focus on begging, but to focus on the problem solver. See, back then, people would give money, especially on the holy days, because they could earn credits in their mind if they gave more money. However, Bartimaeus decided that he was going to get a hold of Jesus today. His shout shows that he's heard of Jesus. He's been listening for him. He's been purposefully set up where he would find him. He's determined to get his attention. And let me let you know something, church and our online church. If you are determined to get Jesus' attention today, you've already got it. He's here. He's already ready to meet your need today. The next way we focus on Jesus, and this is a good one, and Christians, I'm talking to us today, move away from the crowd, all right? The crowd does not have your best interest at heart. Mark 10, 48 says, many of the people scolded him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. See, the crowd's trying to enjoy the crowd, the parade, the drama, the party, the sin that they're involved in. Bartimaeus disturbs their fun. He disturbs their chaos. So they shout at him and order him to be quiet. See, when you're at your worst, the crowd doesn't want you to get better. Okay, the crowd wants to keep you in them because they're hurting just as much as you are. They have what we call crab mentality or the crab bucket effect. Okay, I want you to watch this video and I'll kind of explain it to you as we watch this. See, crabs are in a bucket. Any one of these crabs are strong enough to crawl out. But as one begins to crawl out, the other ones pull them back down. Another one will step up on top of them, and the crowd, the crab bucket, will pull them back down. It's even true when you put them in water. In the boiling water, one starts to pull, crawl out, but the other one starts to pull it down, unless you're in my kitchen, and then Miss Brenda's smacking them back down with the spoon, making sure all the crabs are in the water. But see, the crowd doesn't want you to get your freedom. The crowd doesn't want you to get your healing. We have to move away from the crowd. Bartimaeus will not be silent. This is literally the chance of a lifetime for him. He knows that today could be the day for his miracle. What he doesn't know is that Jesus would never pass by this way again. Physically, he would never walk that road again. He didn't know that this was his last time to meet with Jesus. I don't want to be like downer and doom and gloom, but tomorrow's not promised to any of us. I don't know if this is your last chance to meet with the Savior. So he focuses and he continues to shout. He continues to plead for mercy. You, son of David, have mercy on me. Mark 10, 49 tells us this, that Jesus stopped. Jesus always hears you. He's never in a place where he doesn't hear you. And he said to the crowd, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Get up. He's calling you. See, now the crowd wants in on the miracle. 
Now they want to glob on to what's getting ready or what they think is getting ready to happen. But again, it's not for Bartimaeus' sake. It's for the drama. Oh, wow, we can go home and say what we saw today. But when you get serious about a life-changing experience with Jesus, he can use the very people, the very things that seem to be dragging you down to propel you into the freedom and God-breathed destiny that God has for you. Pastor Joel Olstein says it like this, and I love this. The bottom line, God will not allow any person to keep you from your destiny. They may be bigger, stronger, or more powerful, but God knows how to shift things around and get you to where you're supposed to be going. The next way I focus on Jesus is to move toward Jesus. We saw that earlier in our prayer time as a bunch of you came down to connect with someone who would connect with you in prayer. Mark 10:50 says this, so he threw off his cloak and he came to Jesus. The Greek word there is threw off, cast aside, abandoned. Let me stop and pause right here because throwing off his cloak tells me he had it on. Now you might say, Tim, why is that significant? See, the cloak was how he gathered his money. If he was there solely to beg for money, the cloak would be in front of him. Remember, he's blind. People would throw the money down, much like you see a street musician along the way, and they usually have a case. If it's a guitar player, the case will be open. You put money in the case. So he didn't have that on there. He was there purposefully to see Jesus. See, the cloak was as important to his livelihood as boats are to a fisherman. But Bartimaeus threw off, cast aside, and abandoned everything connected to his old life. He threw off his shelter. He threw off his security. Who knew how much money was laying down there? But get, catch this. The biggest thing he threw off was his identity. He was purposeful to say, I will never again be, dis be, be, be my identity. I won't be blind Bartimaeus. I'm going to meet with Jesus. I'm going to see the miracle worker for a chance at freedom, healing, and purpose. So what about you today? Next steps for us. Bartimaeus had a couple things that he had to do. We have next steps ourselves today. It's on your papers. I want you to take a moment, think about this, and write it down. I need to leave the crowd of. What crowd has been holding you back from your destiny? What crowd has been pulling you back down as you're trying to get out of that bucket of misery that you're living in? Who's pulling you back down? Or how about this? I need to throw off the cloak that's holding me back. Maybe it's that secret thing that nobody else knows about. Your spouse might not even know about it. Your best friend may not even know about it. But you know about it, and you know God knows about it. What is that cloak that you need to throw off today? Let me tell you the rest of the story. Mark 10, 51 and 52. What do you want for me to do for you? Jesus asked. Teacher, the blind man answered, I want to see again. Go, Jesus told him. Your faith has made you well. At once he was able to see and follow Jesus on the road. See, Bartimaeus made a bold choice to take a next step to a new life. And because of that, he received his healing. He received his sight. 
He received his freedom. He was no longer dependent on the crowd. He received his purpose. He followed Jesus. Would you stand with me today? You have two options here today. You may be out there and you may be saying, well, Tim, kind of unlike Bartimaeus, I don't know what I need from Jesus, but I'm feeling something. I'm feeling something in my heart. I'm feeling something in my spirit. Maybe you've never come to the place in your life where you've submitted your life to God, where you say, you know what? The way I'm doing it all by myself just isn't working anymore. I still keep going around that same mountain, that same mountain day after day. I need a choice. I need to make a choice. I need a new chance today. Well, I'm telling you what, Jesus is here to provide that. He is here. And I don't want you to let fear or pride keep you from your new destiny. Jesus wants to give you a new destiny today. I have a great quote from football coach Lou Holtz. We're going to put it up on the screen. And it simply says this. Remember, every day some ordinary person does something extraordinary. Today, it's your turn. My challenge to you is the extraordinary thing for you to do is to submit your life to God. Or maybe you say, you know, there was a time when I was a lot closer to God. I kind of just drifted away. I kind of let the crab mentality pull me back in. I kind of pulled that cloak back up tighter around me and I've tied it on me and I've just kind of fallen back into my identity. Today, I want you to make a bold choice. If that's you and you would just say simply, Tim, remember me in the prayer. I want to get back closer to Jesus. I want to make a commitment or a recommitment to God today. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. I see hands going up all over the sanctuary. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to, we're not embarrassing anybody today. I am so proud of you to make this step today. We're going to say a prayer, and you know what? For those of you that raise your hand, we are family, and so no one should ever have to pray this prayer alone. So we are going to pray together, because that's what family does. We do things together. So everybody, let's repeat this prayer. And if you're online and you want to make this prayer, if you would just type in run in the chat, and that lets me know that you're running to Jesus. Dear God, thank you for sending your son to die for me. I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, as best as I know how, I want to submit my life to you. I can't do it my way anymore. I want to do it your way. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. Change my destiny as I walk my purpose out for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.